I'll go start the coffee. I'll be down in a minute. Scooby-dooby-dooby-doo-wop. Pastor and Laura, wake up. We're the Colanders here. Hello, I'm Pastor Paul Colander. And I'm Laura. And we're going to be reading through a chapter of the Bible every day. And we've been going through Acts. Today we are at chapter 14. Again, I always like to say I'm reading out of the NIV, in case you are reading out of a different version. And I'm also reading out of the older version. So if you're on the Bible app or you have a brand new Bible, some of the things I'm saying might not line up exactly perfect with what you're reading Um, And if you have any questions about those translations, uh, feel free to email us or uh, look into it yourself. But, you know, if you're reading the NIV, it shouldn't be too too drastically different. And if it's a different version, um, well, you'll see that there are some differences. And maybe that'll come up in some of the questions we ask about what does this word mean in Greek. And, um, you know, when, when someone translates... You know, there's always a few different options, so you'll see as we read through the Bible, kind of how... Uh, there's a old Italian saying, every translator is a traitor. A traitor? Traitor, yeah, just because you have to make so many decisions when you translate, mm. and when you go from one language to another, you can't always get the whole meaning of the word as a one-for-one comparison. Uh, especially to make it smooth. So if you have a different translation, it's not wrong, but we want to make sure we find out what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us. That's why uh, the pastors of our church learn Greek and Hebrew, so we can do our best to explain and paint a fuller picture of what the Holy Spirit is telling us through his word. All right, well, let's get started. Chapter 14, In Iconium. At Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went, as usual, into the Jewish synagogue. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Gentiles believed. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there, speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to do miraculous signs and wonders. The people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, others with the apostles. There was a plot afoot among the Gentiles and Jews, together with their leaders, to mistreat them and stone them. But when they found out about it and fled to Lyconium, and fled to the Lyconian cities of Lystra and Derbe, and to the surrounding country, where they continued to preach the good news. Anything on the first seven verses here? One, they were obviously great preachers, so. Yes, they did have the power of the Holy Spirit, which is the only thing that can change hearts. But you just see how passionate these two are in their preaching. And wherever the word of God goes, wherever the word of God is preached, uh, it says in Isaiah, it does not return to God empty. People are going to believe. And this is why Paul and Barnabas were on this journey, to spread the word of the Lord and they were doing it to the best of their ability, and God blessed that effort. So, just a reminder to use our gifts. Mm-hmm. And then a note here in my Bible is in verse 4, they use the word apostles. 
is not referring to the twelve because Barnabas was not one of the twelve and neither was Paul. Uh, it says it's used loosely as in a person sent on a mission. So I did not know that apostles could be another word for missionaries, but... Well, they really have kind of the same meaning. Apostle means one sent out. Mm-hmm. And just like missile, they have kind of the same root. Missile is also something that's sent. Oh, you mean like a projectile? Yeah. Okay. So missile, M I S S I O. Yep. Okay. Yep. So both of them are are something that's sent out, and the apostle Paul was called directly by the Lord as well. So he did have. Um, right, but you know, just throughout the book, you know. They sometimes say disciples, and then they say apostles, and then they say the twelve. So, mm-hmm. just to be clear, there are not any of the other apostles there with them. It's just these two. They sure. are called apostles, and that's fine because they're yeah. Earlier, they they did start saying that the twelve when they meant um, Jesus' twelve disciples. Yeah, so. they were sent out from the church in Antioch, you know, with the blessing of the church in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and doing God's work. So. Alrighty, continuing in verse 8. <clears throat> in Lystra, Lystra and Derby. In Lystra there sat a man crippled in his feet who was lame from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed, and called out, Stand up on your feet. At that the man jumped up and began to walk. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Lyconian language, the gods have come down from us to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul they called Hermes, because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bulls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of this, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd, shouting, Men, why are you doing this? We too are only men, human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made heaven and earth and sea and everything in them. In the past, he let all nations go their own ways, yet he has not let himself left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. Even with these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. The next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby. A lot in that one. <laughs> well, he heals someone first, and... Which, you know, healing someone lame from birth is kind of, seems like a popular miracle. Well, it's, the the emphasis on from birth is that this is not a guy that Just sprained injured. his ankle. Yeah, right. It's, and it's known, usually they'd have been a beggar for their whole entire life and mm. everyone would have seen them. So it's not like, yeah, someone who just showed up, like a plant, like, mm-hmm. oh, he's hurt, Look, watch me heal him. Um and then he he walks but then after that the people shouted out these are gods Zeus and Hermes and 
Yeah, it's just amazing how, maybe not, how how deep seated the, this religion was for them, that they really aren't listening to what Paul and Barnabas are saying. Or maybe they're like adapting it to themselves, saying like, "Oh, he's saying God, or you know, whatever Jewish God, Yahweh, whatever word he's using." But he means Zeus, you know, like, or that's the mm-hmm. same as our God, Zeus. All gods are the same. You know, maybe they're just kind of confused, trying yeah. to adapt it to their culture. Well, they would have had this idea, even if they're talking about a new God, which is what Paul's going to talk about, the unknown God, when he goes to Athens later. They would say, oh, these are just other gods, and that's fine. It fits in with our religion. Because they had how many gods? Like, <laughs> I, I don't I have no idea. I mean, they had gods, they had demigods, they had... I mean, at least, the, like, 20, 30. I, I would go much higher than that. Yeah. I have, I have I no mean, idea. I mean, like, I'm thinking of, you know, the books about all the gods. And, like, you know, you can name some of them, like, Zeus. Hermes, Hera, Apollo. Poseidon. Sure, I always get Greek and Roman gods okay, confused. Well, if you count all of them, then there's definitely going to be 40. <laughs> yeah, but the idea is it's a polytheistic, like which means many thing, gods. Each thing has their own god, like the god of the water, the god of the sun, the god of the... I mean, and that, that's been going on for mm-hmm. a long time. Like, and every city kind of had an own their own god that they mm-hmm. really thought was great. We're yeah. going to run into that a lot as Paul travels through. Well, and this is... The note I have written here, and it's the note from the self-study Bible, is Lystra, Zeus was the patron god of this city, and his temple was there. So they had been bringing sacrifices to Zeus at his temple, but then they just kind of turned and instead decided to to take him over to Paul. And um, so then they lecture them again, and they still had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. And then with a sudden twist at the end, Jews show up, won the crowd over, and they stone Paul, drag him outside the city thinking he was dead. So you think he's playing dead, or he's actually, like, on the edge of death here? He's on the edge of death. And left outside to die, and they gathered around him, probably praying, and then he got up and went back into the city, which is just crazy. To well, at this stand point, he doesn't go back into the city to preach. He probably no, went he back did. into the city because he needed to rest and have his wounds taken care of. Right. And well, then as soon as he can, he leaves the next day. But. Yeah, it's. it's not, it doesn't say he was like carried into the city. It says he got up. So he's made a. A recovery significant. Well, maybe, yeah. I mean, he leaves with him. I don't know if it's like, you know, when a lineman breaks his leg and he gets up and he's got two other guys carrying him. You know, he's kind of limping off the field. I'm just saying, if you if you were beaten so badly, someone thought you were dead, and then you're able to get up and go back in the city, and then the next day leave on a journey. You you know. I don't know if I've never been stoned and I can't really picture it. I can only know what the Bible tells us about it. Or I mean, not the Bible, but other sources too. 
people are throwing rocks at you and not just little stones. Mm-hmm. This is could be breaking breaking bones, knocking you unconscious, significant cuts and and to uh you know if you take Although a rough the Lord is definitely protecting if him. you take a rough tumble, I wouldn't really want to go on a big long hike the next day, you know, just saying. Yeah, he's he's made a miraculous recovery here, mm-hmm. and and it obviously has to do with his faith and the prayers, his prayers and the disciples' prayers. Um, so then, yeah, he continues the journey to to Derby. He and Barnabas leave, and there were some disciples, meaning some of the people there did have faith, including the man that. He healed because mm-hmm. they said he had faith in his heart, so he wasn't mistaken or misled. So it's good news. There's still some believers left behind, and then they head out to their next spot. Let's keep reading. Well, unless you, well, sorry, well, go ahead. One more thing, just how upset people were in the city in Antioch that, or I'm sorry, Lystra that. They would go to the next town. You mean the people who came from Antioch? And oh, they from Antioch. Him? Yeah. Yeah. That they're out of their city and they kind of got control again. But they say, no, let's go find these guys and stir up the crowd. And then they stone them in a different city. I mean, it's this mob Oh, yeah. I mean, we just read earlier in 14 at Lyconium. They made plans to stone them, and they fled. So then they're kind of like, not I mean, not running away, but in a way, running away. And then they, yeah, there are some people dedicated to following them, and they and they come and they take out their plans. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah, and especially because they, there was nothing physical. It's just, it's an idea. They're so upset that someone shares the idea of free and full salvation that they want to kill him for that. Well, they wanted um, to kill Jesus. I know, but it's just... Jesus it's people that don't him. have a better... When people are wrong, mm-hmm. and you can't beat an idea with mm-hmm. words. They could not prove to these people that Jesus was not the Savior. So their plan is to kill the source of the message rather than convince people through what they consider to be truth. It's just a, I I guess it's a proof that their truth wasn't true, that they didn't have a better argument than the Christianity. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just like people arguing today or at any time. If you can't be the smarter person and make better points, what do people do? They get loud. They get violent. They change the subject. They mm-hmm. attack in different ways. Yeah, they'll say, well, what about this? What about this? Rather than staying yeah. on course or, and yeah. just... Try to find fault with you as a person, put you on trial for something else. and Or oh, destroy you know. character or something yeah. like that. It doesn't... You get off the issue of what you've been arguing about because you're trying to destroy your enemy. And that's mm-hmm. just... Um, yeah, if people would just talk about the issue at hand, which here... Is is Jesus Christ the fulfillment you, you, of the Old Testament? 
Right. I mean, in a way, doesn't this sort of happen with Martin Luther when he's on sort of trial and he says, if you can prove me wrong in the Bible, I'll take back. And then they don't. They just try to arrest him and Mm -hmm. kick him out of the country. And it's, you know, like, uh, we just don't like what you're saying. We can't prove you're wrong. We we just don't like it and we don't like you. And now now there's all these other issues that arise. So we don't have to talk about this Mm because we have no um, basis for what we're saying. So, I mean, that's a... Yeah, that's why we're so blessed to be in the United States, or we have the freedom of speech. Yes, we are. And we have to remember that when we are talking to people, too, ourselves, because we do have the truth and we have the Bible. And whenever we're confronting someone about something, beliefs-wise or you know, things like that, to just rely on what God says and not be tempted towards personal attacks and those sorts of things, because that's the devil there. You can see him on display in this situation. So, all right, let's keep pushing. The return to Antioch in Syria, verse 21. They preached the good news in that city. So it's referring back to Derby, I believe. They preached the good news in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and with fasting or prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. After going through Pisidia, they came into Pamphylia, and when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Italia. From Italia, they sailed back to Antioch, where they had been committed to the grace of God and for the work they had now completed. On arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. And they stayed there a long time with the disciples. All right. That's the end of 14. Yeah. Final thoughts on the well, closing paragraph there? Well, there's a couple things. One, the elders that he, the Apostle Paul, is not planting these churches for his own benefit. He's He plants the word, lets the Holy Spirit do it, and picks out strong leaders of the church. And all throughout our world, there are strong people that are leaders of the church that are not the pastor, that are not the preacher. So just a encouragement um, and prayer for those that are lay members, which means they're not professionally pastors that give their time and efforts and studies to the Lord to really support the church. Uh, and then going back to Antioch, you know, this is, as I said before, the Apostle Paul's home church. He was there for a year before he went on this missionary journey, and now he comes back there. There are going to be times that he goes down to Jerusalem to report and talk to Peter and different things. However, this is where he always wants to come back to. This is his home, and he's commissioned, he's called here, and then he's sent out to different places from Antioch, so... Yeah, and I think it's worth also noting that throughout here, um, I mean, if you're reading it or scanning it, 
just look back and see how many times it, it mentions God in here. You know, at first read through, it probably sounded like, oh, a little recap of places and timeline for Paul's journey, but he is constantly mentioning entering the kingdom of God, um, committed them to God, the grace of God, all that God had done, how God had opened the door. <clears throat> so there's a, through this section, all the glory is to God, not to Barnabas, not to Paul, not to the people for being, you know, so strong for standing up in the face of persecution. It's the glory is to God, and he is the one who um, causes the success and allows the church to grow in this way. It's not Paul did such a good job being faithful, and he was so brave and returning to these cities. You know, he's he's always giving the, well, I guess Luke, the writer of this book, is giving the glory to God mm-hmm. as he recaps the journey of Paul and Barnabas. So. One more line just to touch on, that when he's encouraging the disciples to remain in the faith, and then the line, because it is necessary to endure many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Oh yeah, we must go through many hardships. You s- translated that as necessary. Yeah, the, there's a Greek word there. Um, that this is in really verse means, 22 this here. Is, this is what needs to happen. Um, so just, Christianity gives our soul peace and gives us rest knowing that we are with God and eternal rest when we are with God forever, being in paradise. However, while we're on this earth, it's a battle and we're going to be fighting against the devil, the world, and our sinful flesh. And it's not always a nice warm bathtub and sunshine and lollipops. I I had a professor that said that once. Sunshine and lollipops. Well, it's just, it's not always perfectly comfortable. There there are times that our faith is uncomfortable. And so is this referring to hardships generally as in all difficult things and sin? Or is this talking about hardships as a result of your faith? I think both of those. So <clears throat> they're going to have to battle against the Jewish people that came at, against Paul. They're going to have to deal with their families. They're going to have to uh, just struggle in general in Does the world. Does Paul say this in any in other books? Um, I feel like it's said in some of the other letters he writes to churches about enduring hardships. But I felt like, as I've learned about this in through the years or heard people in Bible studies that when they when he's talking about this to the churches, he means because of what you're preaching, people won't like you or you'll be mistreated or your church will be whatever attacked or persecuted, blah blah blah. Like obviously we're going to have sicknesses and house fires and tornadoes and pandemics and car troubles, you know. But that's not because we're Christians. That's mm-hmm. just because we live in a sinful world. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen to everybody, everywhere, no matter what you believe. But because we're Christians, 
we have to endure hardships, which means we're going to offend people by saying, you know, by speaking the law. We're going to, you know, they're upsetting people because they're overturning thousands of years of tradition and, and beliefs. So those mm-hmm. are specific to to their beliefs. They're they're doing these things in love. However, right. the people I'm saying they, no, they're causing offense even if they're speaking in right. love. I don't yeah. mean cause offense like in no, the way it, that it, we use it, yeah. but the way that well we'll talk about it later, but I'm, I was just trying to differentiate between hardships. This is not I mean what's just the hardships word hardship? Of the world. What's the word hardship in the Greek there? It's like a word for affliction. Uh, it's flipsion, affliction or distress. It really means like being pressured, like squeezing in on top of you. Yeah. So, and this is a very parallel passage to what Jesus says, that uh, whoever would like to follow me must carry their cross pick up right. their cross and follow me. Yeah, so I was just trying to clarify that those are different different yeah. hardships than like you know, when you have a back injury or you sure. you know, get a speeding ticket like that's not oh, I'm having such a hard day because I'm a Christian and God God says that if I have a hard time then I'm a you know, I'm a believer, I'm a true mm-hmm. believer. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um I don't know. Yep, just wanted to yeah, call no, attention a, to that because I think group. some people think, oh, because I'm poor or because I'm I'm dealing with all these sicknesses and mental illnesses and this and that. Like, well, God said I would have to suffer to be a Christian. Like, those aren't really those are a result of sin in the world. Those aren't the kind of things He's talking about here mm-hmm. necessarily. No, He's Am talking I right about or, yeah. Okay, He's talking about sharing your faith. It's just like. Oh, yeah. Well, we will read and talk about more of that. How every time you share your faith or make a choice for God, you're you're doing something different than the world and that's going to end up causing other people trouble and mm-hmm. then cause you trouble. <laughs> it's going to be hardships. But not every single hardship in our life is um what what this is specifically talking about. So, in uh Wrapping it up, this section was giving all glory to God, and Paul and Barnabas did a lot of... We It took us, like, ten minutes to read it, but it took them a long time to do yeah, this all this Yeah, this is an stuff. entire missionary journey. Right. And they Walking. made a lot of disciples in this time. You know, we fly through it like, oh, lots of people came to believe, lots of people came to believe, they almost got stoned, then they go back the end, but this is But they planted planting. four churches. Right. It's a big deal. Four churches takes some places around here, you know, more than a decade to do that. We're in the Reno area. We're up to three, and we started 40 years ago. 40 years ago. Well, Shepherd. Yeah. But the whole planting vibe. We, we I mean, two in the last yeah. 10 years. Well, it's growing more hopefully, now. So. Hopefully more. So... All right, God's word is great, and uh, we'll read some more about their next steps in this this book of Acts tomorrow. Have a good day. Bye. Scooby-dooby-dooby-doo-wop. Pastor and Laura wake up.